A Texas court is deciding the fate of 416 children from a polygamous sect of the Mormon Church. We'll find out what happened in the cult's compound in West Texas. And we'll discuss the beliefs of this sect with an expert on Mormonism. Also, it's Earth Week. We'll learn about the scientists who deny there's a consensus on global warming. This is Jerry Johnson live from Criswell College. Join us as we look at today's news from the Christian worldview for Christ and culture. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. I have a dream. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail. Welcome to Jerry Johnson Live. For the next hour, this is your place for relevant discussion of topics in the news and in our culture from a Christian perspective. Your host is Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Later in the show, we'll open the toll-free lines for your questions and comments. You may also email us at talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson. We're not forced to be here. All right, that's Amy. She is a mother. She has two children. Of the 400, children have been removed from the fundamentalist, Latter-day Saints, Mormon compound down by San Angelo, What in the world is going on down there? She says, we were not forced to be there. And we hear that the authorities are checking the DNA of these children to find out who's the mama, who's the daddy. Here's a report. The reason why they're doing this, of course, is to establish parentage, to try and figure out who is related in this sect. All right, they're going to find out how old some of these girls were when they began to have children and were they married illegally, uh, underaged? What is going on down in San Angelo? We're going to talk in just a moment to a pastor of a Baptist church in San Angelo. He's on the ground. In fact, his church is ministering to these women, to the children, to the community. We're going to ask others down in San Angelo, especially down at KCRN, to give us a call. The number is 800-881-9270, 800-881-9270. If you've had some uh, exposure to the FLDS group and you want to comment and you're in the know, we want to hear from you. What else is up, Benna? Well, tomorrow is the presidential primary. Everybody's been waiting for, especially Hillary Clinton, and reports show she's actually gaining in her lead over Barack Obama in Pennsylvania. Obama told supporters that Hillary Clinton is using slash-and-burn tactics to edge him out for the nomination. She's got the kitchen sink flying and the, the china flying and the, yeah, the buffets coming at me. And, And uh, former President Jimmy Carter has been in uh, the Middle East talking with various terrorists and members of Hamas. He told a briefing in Jerusalem that Israeli policies are contributing to the lack of progress for peace. Since Annapolis, the peace proposals have regressed. More settlements have been announced. More roadblocks have been established. The prison around Gaza has been tightened. 
Yeah, and since he visited, they've they've uh, bombed Hamas has bombed mm-hmm. again Israel. But what else is up? Penna? Well, Doctor Johnson, they can't just have Earth Day anymore. It's Earth Week, and uh, we're going to be subjected to lots of environmental messages this week, including the one that says we have to act now to stop so-called global warming. We're going to talk about the global warming hype and the scientists who refuse to believe it later in the program. All right, so we have this fundamentalist Latter-day Saints movement down near San Angelo, Texas. As you know, that compound was raided, and you've got all of these children going into San Angelo, and um, it seems like the authorities uh, are really at their wits' end, hundreds of lawyers. We wanted to find out today what's going on on the ground. With us to talk about it, Pastor Mac Roller. He's pastor of the Glen Meadows Baptist Church in San Angelo. He's a two-time graduate of the Criswell College. He's currently a Criswell College trustee. Mac, welcome to the program. Thank you, Dr. Johnson. Glad to be with you. Mac, uh, today some of these fathers were interviewed, and uh, they were playing the victim card. Uh, I want to play a soundbite from a man named Edson, one of the fathers. He was on the CBS early show. He says we don't understand their community. I think they have a very, uh, been a very false perception of the way we live. And because we're by closed mouth, why they, they assume a lot of things that aren't there. Uh, Mac, let me ask you this. Um, you've lived near this compound for some time, uh, so you might have seen a little bit of what goes on or heard. Obviously now with people coming out and authorities maybe that you've talked to or maybe people who live there, what do you know about this compound that's relevant or interesting or that people ought to know out there? Is this is this a good way of life, this community, or do we have real problems with it? Well, I believe there are a lot of problems with it. The uh, First of all, the fundamental doctrine starting as a split of the Mormon Church back in 1930 they are following prophets, modern-day prophets, who speak for God and who basically dictate their lives. And they have been excluded in a compound south of San Angelo, about 40 miles. And really, uh, little is seen and little is said about this compound and a great deal of speculations. And most of what we know uh, come from those who have escaped this sect mm-hmm. and have been very vocal about things that go on in the inside and, and uh, different things to pray about and ways that we could possibly reach them. Mm. This is Jerry Johnson Live. We're talking to Mac Roller. He's pastor of the Glen Meadows Baptist Church, and we're broadcasting also on KCRN right there in San Angelo. If you're one of our listeners and you know something about this compound or this sect or the people who've come out of it in the last week, the number is 800-881-9270. We want to understand that community. We want to know what's going on. 800-881-9270. Pastor Mac, let's listen again to one of the ladies, and she says, you know, uh, it is difficult for women to leave the compound by choice. No, we don't feel like it's been just at all. Uh, she says, well, it's not just. That is, that they were they were thrown out of the compound. And, um, you know, Mac, I saw the Larry King interview last week and with some of these women. Uh, they kind of sounded like Stepford wives. And as they were giving the tour of the compound, on every wall there was a picture of of Warren Jeffs. Uh, from what you know, were people free to come and go on this compound? No, from what I know, they uh, there were guards on the outside. It was hard to get in. It was hard to get out. Most of, even the adults, uh, have been raised within this sect. And 
why it's very hard to penetrate and very hard to get out. And when they talk about they're as normal as anyone else, I really question what they know to be normal. It might be normal to them, uh, but it's not normal to the rest of the world or the Bible-believing world. So there's a, there's a different vocabulary. There's a different standard. There's a different ideal. And that's where the problem lies. Pastor Mac Roller is with us. Uh, he's the pastor of Glen Meadows Baptist Church in San Angelo, Texas, where all of this is happening, or at least uh, in the uh, vicinity. Um, pastor Roller, do you know people, have people come to your church, or do any of your uh, members of your church know some of these people that have left? Uh, have they had conversations with them? You know, not personally. We've had uh, a couple of visitors lately who have come by and given us literature and testimonies of what it was like to be inside the sect. Um, we don't we don't know them personally, but we've heard their testimonies, and uh, they seem to be Bible-believing evangelical Christians and trying to spread the word of what this sect did to their lives and what they're doing to those who are still inside the compound. Is there just craziness right now with regard to this uh, hearing? You know, it really is. San Angelo is uh, a town of about 100,000. Um, there's We've been converged upon by uh, a lot of media, uh, a lot of attorneys, and in fact, there's not enough hotel rooms for everybody staying in really? San Angelo. We have a lot of volunteers who have opened up their own homes uh, to house uh, people from different communities and different agencies. So, yeah, there's quite a quite a ruckus going on. Pastor Max, stay on the line. We've got a couple of callers coming in from San Angelo. We want to hear from them as well, but I've got a couple of follow-up questions for you in a minute, too. Sure. DJ on the line from San Angelo. DJ, what have you seen? What have you heard? Well, I, I'm, I work with uh, the Child Welfare Boards of Texas, and I'm the past president of the Tom Marine County Child Welfare Board there. So we deal with any child that CPS would normally take in for abuse and neglect. And I have to tell you that Outside of what's going on internally there, the community outreach and outpouring of help and need and food, you couldn't have had this happen in a better city. Mm. San Angelo uh, restaurants started calling immediately in, and they would literally bring trays and trays of food. And if it wasn't enough, all you had to do was pick up a telephone. So to, to say that even though it's a small town, it really actually is a great place to have this situation happen because of the outpouring of, of volunteerism and food and clothing. San Angelo. San Angelo is reaching out to these people. Pastor Mac, tell us what your church is doing by way of ministry. Well, our church is involved in the feeding. We are uh, volunteering uh, about uh, eight volunteers, church members, for every single meal and just serving. The food is being prepared by uh, the Baptist men, the disaster relief men of Texas, um, many churches, uh, many civic organizations, uh, lots of volunteers from inside San Angelo and, and a few from outside. And as the caller just stated, it's really unreal to watch the generosity and the volunteerism. And I think people just see a lot of hurting kids and a lot of hurting families, and, and there's nothing that will pull people out of the pews. Than, than hurting children. Mm -hmm. I think the community has responded brilliantly. Let's go now back to San Angelo and talk with Chip. Chip, thanks for calling in. Well, I appreciate you guys taking my phone call. You know what I think a lot of people don't understand is that, you know, as a Mormon doctrine, um, you know, when the sect first started way back in um, with the original prophets, 
polygamy was big there because their theology is their spiritual babies up in the third heavens have to plop, populate the, their earth, which is this one. And um, I'm thinking that folks don't really understand that. Yeah, we're going to try to make sure people do understand that in the next segment because we have an expert in Mormonism coming on. But let me ask you one question, Chip. Do you think, what about the facilities for those kids? I mean, is it okay for them? Well, you know, if, uh, if it is. I, I, I was down there helping them set up and everything. If there was a catastrophe, let's say like what happened in New Orleans, okay, same thing was set up, you know. Um, the, the, the place is clean. There's places for them to lay down and feed them and everything. They got showers. They got washers and dryers down there. They're being taken well care of. Hey, thanks, Chip, for that call. Uh, Pastor Mack, I want to come back to you. And uh, we've got Mac Roller on the line. He is pastor of Glen Meadows Baptist Church there in San Angelo. Pastor Mac, I want you to listen right now to Jake. He's another father at this L- FLDS um, compound. Again, he's talking to the early show, and he's complaining because he hasn't seen his child. I miss my child. My heart's broken. But I know that we'll see him sometime soon. Uh, let me ask you, Pastor Mac, from what you've seen and heard, uh, do you sympathize with these fathers? Well, I think that the evidence, once it's, it all comes out, I, I believe that the raid was made based on justification and based on evidence. I don't think the judge was uh, vindictive in any way. I think she acted on the behalf and the safety of these children. And um, Were all the children abused? I don't know. Um, were all the men in the compound uh, guilty? I don't know. But what I do know is there's enough evidence to get all those kids out. And if, uh, if, if I was a love, as a loving father, I would, I would support any action to make sure that my child was safe. And so I, I kind of have mixed feelings about that at mm-hmm. this point. Mm-hmm. Pastor Mac Roller from the Glen Meadows Baptist Church there in San Angelo, where we have KCRN, our sister station. When we come back, we'll be talking with an expert on Mormonism. Why the polygamy? Why the underage wives? Why the secrecy? Who is Warren Jeffs? All these questions. Why do you see that photograph in every room, sometimes on all four walls uh, of the rooms where the women and the children stay? You would see the picture of Warren Jeffs. Who is this man? Is he dangerous? This is Jerry Johnson Live with Penedexter. We'll be right back. If you're looking for a college experience that is distinctively Christian, come to Criswell College. Contact us today for information about the upcoming term. Criswell College places a strong emphasis on the Word of God, a Christian worldview, and being an effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ. Criswell College is totally committed to the Bible as the authoritative, inspired, and inerrant Word of God to ensure that every student receives a solid biblical and doctrinal foundation. Our worldview approach to ministry prepares every Criswell College student to view each academic discipline through a Christian frame of reference and to engage our culture and the world of ideas from a Christian perspective. Along with this word and worldview emphasis, each Criswell College student gets hands-on ministry training in missions and evangelism to be an effective witness through mission trips at home and abroad. Contact Criswell College today for information about the upcoming term. Call 1-800-899-0012 or on the web go to criswell.edu. That's criswell.edu.
You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. The planet has a fever. All right, that's Al Gore. This is Earth Week. Tomorrow is Earth Day. In just a few minutes, we're going to have an expert on who's written a new book called The Deniers, the world-renowned scientist who stood up against global warming, hysteria, persecution, and fraud. He's going to talk about this question, is it really warmer? And he's going to talk about some inconvenient persons that are scientists, actually, who uh, do not buy in to Gore's hysteria. Well, we need to talk about the theology of this polygamous sect and uh, really what uh, they think allows them to practice this. Of course, you've got all the DNA uh, being checked of all these kids, and it's very confusing down there right now. They're trying to sort uh, everything out. But uh, we do have a caller on the line about the subject. Her name is Rebecca. She's in Dallas. Rebecca, thanks for calling. Thank you for taking my call. I just wanted to uh, offer some insight on this. I am an ex-Mormon, and I was Mormon for 25 years. Mm. And uh, since I've left the the Mormon church, I mean, when I left the Mormon church, um, I left because I got saved, and uh, God opened my eyes to uh, his love and to his salvation through his son, Jesus Christ. That's wonderful. That's great. And I just wanted to share that... um, when you're dealing with the Mormon, whether, you know, I came out of the regular Mormon church, not the break-offs where they practice polygamy here on earth, but the the original Mormon church still believes in polygamy. They just don't practice it here uh, on earth. You, you have to understand um, the thinking of a Mormon, and that is... We're very much taught, or not anymore, but I mean, the people in there are very much taught that, um, you know, don't listen to people outside the Mormon church, don't read any literature outside the Mormon church. They're very much kept sheltered in their thinking, and they're very much kept sheltered in their reading, too. You know, you read only Mormon literature, you don't read other literature. And I remember being taught this because you were told that people were out there trying to lead you astray, and if you associated yourself with the people like that, then you know that they would lead, would uh, bring you out of the Mormon Church and stuff and lead you astray. And also, you have to realize what their belief is on what heaven is. Heaven is not uh, in the Mormon Church what the Bible teaches. You know, heaven to the Mormons are is that basically you will become a god yourself or a man will if he is makes it to the celestial kingdom and he will have multiple wives and that's what, you know, a woman, um, how polygamy comes into part, uh, play because she will be given to a husband if she's worthy, if she hasn't married somebody here on earth in the temple. And she will have spiritual babies because the Mormons believe that we pre-existed physically in heaven. All right, Rebecca, thank you for that call. We've got someone else holding, but I think that's very insightful. So even she's saying uh, the mainline Mormon group, while they don't practice polygamy on the earth, they envision it. Uh, in heaven. We're going to talk about that now with uh, Dr. Phil Roberts. He's the president of Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary up in Kansas City. 
frequent guest here on Jerry Johnson Live. He is an expert on Mormonism. He's written extensively about it. Welcome back to the program, Dr. Roberts. Hey, Dr. Jerry, good to be back with you. Thank you. All right. Well, a lot of our people, Dr. Roberts, have not heard of the Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. They've been talking about Mitt Romney and regular Mormonism. Would you just distinguish for our listeners between regular Mormonism and this FLDS movement? Well, the FLDS movement is one of several breakoff groups from the Mormon Church. There are several score in number. Uh, They're often quite small. This is probably one of the larger and more visible uh, break-off sectarian offshoots of the Mormon Church. Generally, they break off from the Mormon Church because the uh, mainstream Salt Lake City crowd says no more polygamy, and because of the lack of what they would consider revelations to the prophet there in Salt Lake City. So a man like uh, Jeff comes along, and he claims that God is speaking to him, and he's called him to set up the true church to reestablish the original teachings of Joseph Smith, emphasizing polygamy, talks about these marvelous discussions that he has with God himself, and begins his own church. So you find these scattered all throughout the Intermountain West, even in the Salt Lake area, and in Mexico and other places, where fundamentalist Mormons, which means polygamy-practicing Mormons, try to recreate the ideal church that Joseph Smith originally had in mind. There are communities like this in Arizona, in Colorado. Uh, Let's go to that. You mentioned Jeff's, and we mentioned in the last segment, watching the Larry King interview with the wives and the tour of the home, we saw on every wall a picture of Warren Jeff's. No other pictures, no other photos. Uh, Would you describe who is this man uh, and remind our listeners, he was in the news some time ago, but right. uh, why is he so important? Why would they have his picture on every wall of every child's room? Well, he would be considered the true prophet of God. He would be to them what Joseph Smith was to the original church of Jesus Christ, uh, Latter-day Saints, and what uh, Joseph Smith is to main, most mainline Mormons today. Remember that Smith and Jeffs, both would be considered by their followers as a person who will definitely become a god. And so he will have a god-like aura about him. For instance, the main line... He's in jail now, isn't he? He's in jail, convicted of of, uh, several crimes based around the polygamy concerns and the child abuse uh, abuse and so forth. But remember, the mainstream Mormon church sings hymns to Joseph Smith. They sing Mm. hymns to him. They talk about the great kingdom that he will establish and that millions will know Brother Joseph again and that his blood will be atoned in the day of his return. They believe Mm. that Smith is coming back with Jesus Christ to rule and reign on the earth and will help govern the, the world, and he will become a god eventually, of course, in the same way about Jeff's. This is the way his polygamous followers feel and believe about him that he's on his way, well on his way to becoming a god, that he's being persecuted for what he believes is truly and what they believe to be truly the commands and the teaching of God to practice, practice polygamy. And so 
He's a martyr and a hero and even a godlike figure in their own thinking. Dr. Roberts, uh, do you think that these people, for instance, the women that are out now, uh, feel that they're being persecuted for their faith and that, of course, Jeff's being imprisoned is, is under persecution Absolutely. and this is going to strengthen their faith in a sense? Yeah, as your previous caller pointed out, too, they're told that the world is persecuting them, that they're suffering for righteousness' sake, they're suffering for the truth, and they must stay steadfast and loyal in the midst of all this oppression that uh, the world is out to destroy their faith and to destroy them, if at all possible. So very much they've been conditioned to fear and to restrain themselves uh, from the outside world. And the same with the women. I can imagine uh, that they, I mean, they haven't been taught anything else, so they must just be scratching their heads at what they're seeing. And and you see a mainline Mormon uh, will move about within culture and society and go in a bookstore and maybe buy books and maybe occasionally see something that is critical of their faith, but not these people. They're totally isolated. You didn't see many, if any, books at all when you saw the the sort of film highlights of their living quarters. They're not encouraged to to read uh, things that in any way, in fact, they'd be forbidden from Mm. reading anything Mm. critical of their faith, and uh, they were heavily controlled and heavily watched. Dr. Roberts, let me ask you to respond to some of these men. I've got one named Edson, one named Rulon, one named Fred. These men... We're on TV this morning. Here's Edson on the morning show. They look at us as we're immoral people in our own in our own makeup. That is the very most important part of our religion is to be morally clean. All right, that was the early show on CBS. The guy's name is Edson. What do you make of that? Well, he definitely believes that, and he's been taught that. You see, Joseph Smith has overruled the Bible with his revelations and doctrine and covenants. He said the Bible was missing plain impressions precious parts that had been distorted and had been basically corrupted. Therefore, he restored the truths of the Bible that were given to him directly from God and wrote those up in there. So book. polygamy is morally clean. Oh, it was commanded by God. Wow. It was commanded by God to Joseph Smith, and Joseph Smith said if his people didn't practice polygamy, they would be damned. Well, let's go to Rulon. <laughs> let's go to Rulon, another father on the early show. Many of us perhaps were not even aware of such a law, but yes, we know we we have been made very aware in the last two weeks, and we have we do reconsider. Yes, we we teach our children to abide the law. Rulon is saying they weren't aware of laws against polygamy. Do you buy that? I don't buy that at all. Uh, that, that's <laughs> that's why they were living in that. secret. <laughs> that's that's why. Yeah, why would you hide away in a compound if, if polygamy were allowed publicly? And they're taught, basically, that they're the only people practicing. So Are I they taught to that. lie? I think it is, yeah. They're taught to lie? Yeah, all right, let's taught, go. To... They're taught to lie that, that the end justifies the means. All right, we've got time for one more. This is Fred, the father on the Today Show. I've been here off and on for four years. I know of no girl... 13 that's been pregnant, and I certainly don't know of anyone that has 22 wives. Your response, Dr. Roberts? Well, uh, he'd technically be right, but... Uh, maybe 14, I mean, maybe. Know, the guy may not have 22. He may have had 18 or 19 <laughs> or <laughs> 7 or 8 or 4 or 5, but the point is polygamy is being practiced, and underage yes. girls are being married off and are being impregnated. I think that uh, any research is done, they, they will discover that to be a fact. And that's the personal testimony of 
people like Carolyn Jessup who've escaped this cult, yes. other cults, to, to, to tell their story to the world. Dr. Roberts, we're out of time. I hate that. Dr. Phil Roberts, Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, a great school. We'll have you back. Thank you, sir. God bless. All right, coming up, it's Earth Week, Earth Day. Is it really getting warmer? You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. The planet has a fever. All right, that's Al Gore. He's saying the planet has a fever. Is it really getting warmer? Now, Penna, I have right here a newspaper article from the Edmonton Sun. Uh, everybody's doing these Earth Day celebrations all over the place. And uh, here's the, there's the, the headline. It says this. Wintry blast cools global warming fervor. So much for global warming. Earth Day festivities went ahead despite the blast of frigid weather yesterday. The story goes on to say, one of the participants, quote, We're here to raise awareness of the problem, even though on a day like today you don't necessarily think of global warming. And so uh, it's a cold day, unexpectedly cool, and it really does uh, is counterintuitive when people are told the earth is burning up. But it's not just a day like that. There are many days like that, many years like that. And I think we've got a guest coming on here which would say there are a lot of trends that go against the propaganda. Well, he's an interesting guest because he is an environmentalist. In fact, he's been an environmental activist. Uh, he is Lawrence Sullivan, uh, Solomon. And uh, his book, uh, he's got a new book out called The Deniers. And, you know, he just kind of was a little bit worried as a journalist also that some people's voices weren't being heard. So he's written this book, and uh, the subtitle of it is The World-Renowned Scientists Who Stood Up Against Global Warming Hysteria, Political Persecution and Fraud, and Those Who Are Fearful to Do So. Very interesting. Uh, Dr. Solomon, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Uh, tell us, first of all, uh, you were an activist in the environmental movement, actually even anti-nuclear energy, and uh, yet you're concerned about some people's voices not being heard on this global warming issue. Well, and I, I still am a, uh, an activist. I, I, I had um, uh, one of Canada's largest uh, environmental groups. It's, uh, it's the chief uh, critic of the energy industry, uh, in Canada, as well as having uh, other other uh, areas of work, but uh, well, that's why I think this is so interesting that you have this concern. Well, one reason for it uh, is that uh, I recall what happened in um, in the early 1980s when it was uh, when when scientists weren't free to speak out out uh, against nuclear power. Uh, at that time, public opinion was almost entirely in favor of nuclear energy, and the few scientists who who dissented were 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 knocked down. They weren't they weren't free to speak their um, their minds. They, they they found that they would lose their funding. They found that they were were, were treated as uh, as being uh, uh, backward or or uh, somehow uh, kooky. Um, 
and I and I think the same thing is happening now. Scientists who who are dissenting from the conventional wisdom on climate change are finding that they're losing their funding. They're finding that um, that that they're being castigated by by peers and colleagues and. Uh, it seems it seems to me that environmentalism depends on sound science, and if we can't have sound debate, we're not going to be able to get uh, to get sound science. This is Jerry Johnson live. Our guest, Dr. Lawrence Solomon, he's written a book, The Deniers, the world-renowned scientist who stood up against global warming. Dr. Solomon, uh, Al Gore has said, "Look, um, we don't want the normal press treatment arguments for." arguments against. He says, look, at this point, if you say you're a scientist and you don't buy in, you're uh, crazy or you're a crook. Uh, Your book really does uh, catalog a great many scientists who are taking the other view. Could you tell us two or three of your favorites and what they have discovered? Well, it's hard to pick two or three because, because I I, I've uh, actually become uh, uh, enchanted with quite a quite a few of them. Give it to us uh, some examples, then. They don't well, have to it, but if I could if I could pick some of the ones that that might be most um, that might make the the biggest impact on sure. uh, on a lay audience. There's, for example, uh, Dr. Zichichi, who is one of the world's um, uh, most famous uh, physicists. He's the the president of the World uh, Federation of Scientists. He's probably Italy's. Uh, best-known scientist. He's uh, he's he's the um, uh, the discoverer of of nuclear antimatter. He, he's uh, many people think he'll be winning a, a Nobel Prize in in, in science. Um, another another uh, scientist uh, is is the head of NASA, uh, uh, Michael Griffin, mm. uh, and in fact, uh, in in the space field, the head of the Danish National Space Agency. Uh, is uh, is someone that I I profiled, uh, and he so for example, I'm looking at Zatichi, and uh, in your book he calls the the Gore global warming models quote incoherent and invalid. That's right. He the the entire global warming uh, concern rests on these models. There there really is no concrete evidence that uh, that that CO2. Um, creates uh, a harmful a warming effect. All the all the fears ultimately come down to models that that try to predict what the the uh, weather will be like and the climate will be like fifty or hundred two hundred years from now. But those very same models can't predict what what the, the weather will be like just a short period from now. And, and those models also can't even predict. They can't be used to to simulate the past. So the models are. Are uh, very deficient, and yet we're making a lot of decisions on the assumption that those models have validity. Are some of your scientists uh, scientists who study the sun and its effects? Yes, uh, uh, quite a few of them are, and and they're in in a way some of the most um, impressive among them. So, for example, the Danish scientists have have uh, come up with a theory. That it's uh, cosmic uh, radiation that's responsible for at least part of the the phenomenon. They found that the the radiation affects uh, cloud cover, and the cloud cover uh, determines whether the the Earth will be cooler or warmer. And they've actually been able to replicate clouds in um, uh, in a chamber, and 
this um, this was something that uh, that the uh, Al Gore camp said would be impossible to do. They they managed to to accomplish it, and now um, the an agency called CERN, which is uh, a multi billion dollar agency. It's uh, it's the org- or, or, uh, organization, the European organization for uh, nuclear research. Uh, it's uh, it's made up of of twenty twenty nations. Um, and this this uh, major organization is now um, investigating uh, this uh, the, the, the manner in which clouds are formed as well, and they think that it's very likely that uh, that the Danes will be uh, borne out. And if so, that would be a, a, a major explanation for how how um, what the mechanisms are that that cool or warm uh, the Earth. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. We're talking to Dr. Lawrence Solomon. He's written the book, The Deniers. It's about the world-renowned scientists who stand up against global warming. There are scores of scientists and uh, discoveries in this book that really debunk uh, Al Gore's propaganda. Uh, Dr. Solomon, I'm looking at the case of the disappearing hockey stick here and uh, Dr. Edward Wegman. Uh, Would you talk about the long view of global temperatures rather than the short view we're constantly hearing about, which goes back just 100 or 200 years. Uh, what happens if you look back 1,000 years, 2,000 years? Are we warming? Are we still in a cooling cycle? Well, if you go back over 1,000 years, you'll find that there's great variation. A few hundred years ago, we were in the Little Ice Age. If you read Shakespeare, he, he talks about uh, snow in England, and these days we don't. There isn't any snow in England. Uh, at, in, at at that time, the the the, the Thames River uh, froze over. Uh, it, it's now it's now uh, very moderate. It's hard to imagine that that was actually the case then. In fact, even Manha- at Manhattan, um, uh, there was freezing. And if you go back a few hundred years further than that, you end up in a in a very warm period. What the hockey stick did. Was was claimed. This is a study that the that came out from a uh, scientist associated with the United Nations panel on climate change. They came out with a study that said, "No, no, this is all wrong. We haven't had these huge variations in the last thousand years. It's really been quite um, qu- quite stable until the last hundred years. And the last hundred years, temperatures shot up. And this is it's called the hockey stick because the last hundred years are the blade." Uh, the blade of the hockey stick shooting up, and whereas the, the earlier thousand years is, uh, is the long handle of the hockey stick. And because of that study that uh, these United Nations uh, scientists came up with, uh, we started to hear that the last decade was the, the hottest decade of the hottest century in the last thousand years. And that captivated the, the, the public's imagination, and that's the single biggest reason that everyone thought, yes, the global warming really is happening, it's happening quickly, and it's happening because of, of industrialization in the last 100 years. Well, it turns out that that study was in, entirely dependent on statistics, and the scientists who did it weren't, weren't adept at statistics. In fact, they were recent uh, graduates. <laughs> and um, it became controversial. They were challenged. Uh, it, the, the, the debate became very heated, and the U.S. government stepped in and it held hearings before the House of Representatives. And they asked uh, Dr. Edmund, Edward Wegman, who was perhaps um, the, the, the most qualified statistician in the United States, 
he was. Um, we're about out of time here. We've got to go, and I hate to to do that to you, but we're just out of time, uh, Doctor Solomon. But I want to recommend this book because you can find the rest of the story in this book. Lots of charts, resumes of the scientist, charts, graphs about the sun, about the clouds, about the the trends over the. Not just the 10, 100 years, but thousands of years. Dr. Solomon, thank you for being with us. My pleasure. If you're looking for a college experience that is distinctively Christian, come to Criswell College. Contact us today for information about the upcoming term. Criswell College places a strong emphasis on the Word of God, a Christian worldview, and being an effective witness to a world that needs Jesus Christ. Criswell College is totally committed to the Bible as the authoritative, inspired, and inerrant Word of God to ensure that every student receives a solid biblical and doctrinal foundation. Our worldview approach to ministry prepares every Criswell College student to view each academic discipline through a Christian frame of reference and to engage our culture and the world of ideas from a Christian perspective. Along with this word and worldview emphasis, each Criswell College student gets hands-on ministry training in missions and evangelism to be an effective witness through mission trips at home and abroad. Contact Criswell College today for information about the upcoming term. Call 1-800-899-0012 or on the web go to criswell.edu. That's chriswell.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. All right, Jimmy Carter went over to the Middle East, met with Hamas, met with the leaders of that terrorist organization, Right after his visit, they attacked Israel again. Here is um, AP correspondent Mark Levy. He's reporting that Israel is doubtful uh, about Carter's report that Hamas is ready for peace. Israelis are pretty skeptical about anything having to do with Hamas and peace. They see Hamas as a terror group that sent in dozens of suicide bombers. The last one was this weekend. They sent two jeeps with explosives to try to blow up soldiers at a crossing. I think they would doubt peace if uh, you're going to send some jeeps with explosives to the border crossing. Uh, Jimmy Carter just really muddied the waters over there. Uh, Here is Carter, in his own words, saying that uh, both sides must set aside their grievances, even, of course, as bombs were going off. We believe that the problem is not that I met with Hamas and Syria. The problem is that Israel and the United States refused to meet with these people who must be involved. Okay, uh, this is like um, Chamberlain uh, appeasing Hitler, and uh, this is like uh, a moral equivalency. We talked about this last week. Carter, in his public statements last week, could not choose between the fire and the fire brigade, as Winston Churchill used to say, uh, he would not be neutral in that conflict. And Carter is equating the violence that the terrorists are doing on the Jews with um, with the Jews in Israel defending themselves. And I don't think there's a moral equivalency there. I don't think this was helpful. Uh, this was a PR bonanza for Hamas. They sent out a press release saying, look, The West is coming our way. Look, we're now legitimate and we're accepted. A former U.S. president has come to see us. I think it's a setback. 
There's a member of Congress, uh, Sue Myrick, who has put out some sort of resolution to say that Congress would block Jimmy Carter from having a passport because of uh, his shenanigans and what he's been doing this past week. Well, uh, tomorrow, as we said, uh, the Pennsylvania primary, the Democrats are fighting it out. Some of the polls are showing Hillary Clinton actually gaining a little bit, uh, maybe with a double-digit lead. Uh, Here's Hillary campaigning in Pennsylvania, alluding to the good times when she and her husband Bill were in the White House. Sometimes in this campaign, I hear somebody criticize the 1990s. And I always wonder to myself, you know, well, that's fair. You can criticize anything in a campaign. But what didn't they like, the peace or the prosperity of the 1990s? Well, some other things happened in the White House during those times that she may not want to remind people of. Uh, But Hillary Clinton campaigning in Pennsylvania said America needs action and not words. We need a president who's going to solve our problems, not just talk about them, who's actually going to produce positive results and real accomplishments for America again. And that's what I intend to do. She's getting a little hoarse, and uh, some of those accomplishments uh, may have to do with um, ending the Bush tax cuts, which could be tough on an already uh, dropping economy. Uh, Barack Obama, for his part, uh, talking about change again, he says, uh, get all aboard the change train. Get on board the change train. It is time for us to reclaim this country. It is time for us to reclaim this government. And uh, again, uh, we played this before, but he also told supporters Hillary Clinton is actually using slash and burn tactics to get him in She's trouble. got the kitchen sink flying and the, the china flying and the, you know, the buffets coming at me. Well, it will have to because he's still ahead in the numbers. There's no way she can catch him with uh, these primaries. Uh, tomorrow we have the big ones, but uh, she still can't catch him. She's got to catch him with the superdelegates. The only way to catch him with the superdelegates is uh, for him to really mess up bad or for them to have some kind of October surprise in May. Uh, They're going to have to do something to discredit Obama for her to win that nomination. I think, though, if she did badly tomorrow, it may uh, end it for her. Well, yes, Uh, But if she does well, it'll just give her ammunition to keep going. She's going to be in the wings in case he trips up yet again. Well, we'll give you a report tomorrow on these primaries. Also, it is uh, Earth Week, and tomorrow is Earth Day, so we're going to stay on this topic. And it reminds me, Penna, uh, we've had scientist after scientist on this program really debunking Al Gore's extremist language. And uh, it reminds me of the movie Expelled. I went to see it this weekend. I believe you did. I did, too. And it seems like it's so hard sometimes to get the truth out. But uh, Ben Stein said something at the end of that movie that was very important. He said, no matter, you know, how much the powers that be try to keep this message down, he believes ultimately it will prevail. And he quoted that statement, truth crushed to earth will rise. And I do think the truth about global warming is coming out, is going to come out. I think the truth uh, about evolution, the holes, Uh, The huge holes in Darwinian evolution. I want to encourage you to get out and see this movie. I loved it. What did you think, Penna? Well, I thought it was great. I was kind of thinking, oh, a documentary. I'm going to have to work hard mentally for this. But it was so absorbing. And I I was thinking, well, what age would you take a child? I would take any teenager. And, you know, even young teenagers and maybe even younger if they're really into things like that. But it it was very, very, very good. All right. Well... 
We've talked about a lot today, certainly uh, global warming. We'll stay on that this week. But I want to go back to this issue of Mormonism. Of course, the, the, the biggest problem with all of this is not the polygamy, not the underage marriage. I mean, from a Christian worldview, uh, this religion, the entire movement, mainline Mormonism, fundamentalist Mormonism, reformed Mormonism, it's all based upon a lie. It's a cult. It's not based on revelation. God's revelation in Holy Scripture. Mormons up and down the line do not believe that Jesus Christ is fully God. The Apostle Paul wrote, In him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Mormonism teaches that Jesus is a under God, a lower God, a lesser God. What God is today, someday you will become. Uh, and that uh, you can you can be what God is now. And in that sense, Jesus is uh, divine. No, uh, Paul said, uh, Jesus co-equal with God the Father in terms of the God stuff. If there's God stuff, deity, divine nature, Jesus and the Father possess it equally. A fundamental distinction between Mormonism and Christianity. And, of course, a main distinction is the gospel itself. Mormonism teaching you've got to be baptized uh, to be saved. Uh, for these women, they'll not be called back up in the resurrection unless their husband calls their name. Well, of course, New Testament Christianity teaches it's not about baptism. It's not about your husband calling your name. It's about the name of Jesus. Have you called upon the name of the Lord to be saved? Salvation is by grace. It's a gift. It's not a work. Because Jesus Christ did all the work on the cross when he died for your sins and rose again. And by turning from your sin and believing in him and calling upon him as Lord, you can be saved. The Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. That's not the Mormon gospel. This is Jerry Johnson Live with Pennedexter. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to Jerry Johnson Live, a Christian worldview radio show. Join Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m., for an hour of relevant discussion of news and culture from a Christian perspective.